in this episode, I'm going to be relentlessly optimistic. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano and welcome to the Sea and Land Fitness Podcast. Um, as I told you, I'm the host, Michael Sano. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Sea and Land Fitness. If you want to start your military fitness journey, head on over to www.sandlfit. That's sandlfit.com and start now. Um, all right. Hey, uh, I did not want to make this podcast. Um, I, and I don't mean like in general, I didn't want, I didn't want to make this episode. I didn't want to sit down. I didn't want to set up. I didn't want to do any of the stuff that I'm supposed to do that I'm responsible for. I put out a, a, a new podcast every two weeks and I did not want to do it. Um, why? Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to dick around and goof off and, and, and play video games and, and whatever. Um, but this is my responsibility. This is something that I've given myself to do. And it's important that I be here in front of the camera, in front of the microphone and make sure that this stuff gets done. Now, why am I telling you all of this? Let me have a sip of coffee, Peter Madera. This is for you. I'm telling you this because of negative thoughts, basically. And when I say negative thoughts, I'm not talking about like the extreme negative thoughts, dark thoughts, stuff like that. I'm just saying regular negative thoughts that I use, um, that we all use all the time. Now, um, I'm bringing this up because very recently this year, 2024, I decided to do something, uh, to help myself get better rest. So my training volume has increased massively. Um, I'm lifting a lot heavier weights for a lot longer, more reps, um, to try to get myself into shape for my upcoming, um, fitness videos. So I have to do all these fitness videos for sea and land fitness. Uh, it's about 27 of them. And then about maybe 20, 25 dialogue videos, you know, the intros telling you how, you know, to rock and, and how to, you know, what the training program is going to be, all that stuff. So I, I have a, uh, I have a degree in applied physiology and kinesiology from the university of Florida, uh, go Gators. And part of that, uh, program, we took a course strength and conditioning. And one of the things that it said in the strength and conditioning program, I'm going to need another sip. Hold on. One of the things that it said in the strength and conditioning program was athletes will be more receptive 
to training instruction, to training guidelines and all that from someone who is in good shape, someone who's fit. Um, I was a little overweight. My last episode was about Wagovi and my journey there. Um, and so I, I've been, I've been, I've been training for these fitness videos so that I can be the standard, so to speak, for all of you who want to go on and use our fitness programs. And you don't want to see Dumpy Mike <laughs> doing eight count bodybuilders <sighs> as I'm all, you know, gassed out and, and out of shape. So I am making sure that I'm in the best shape that I can be, uh, even good enough for our tier one program. Um, which is the program for people who want to go to selection and stuff like that. Um, so since I've been doing all that, I've been paying real close attention to my nutrition. I've been paying real close attention to my rest cycles as well as my normal training program and everything like that. Rest is an important part. So one of the things that I found that works for me is reading before I go to bed. If I read about 50 pages before I go to bed, and that seems like a lot of pages, but when you, if, if you're reading something academic, 50 pages is a nightmare textbook style, but if you're reading 50 pages of a mass market paperback, it, it, it's not going to be that bad. Um, so I have a bunch of books that I had and a bunch of books that I wanted and I got them. And one of them was this book, Relentless Optimism by Darren Donnelly. Now I'm going to put a link, uh, to Amazon for this book because this book was freaking tremendous. Um, I burned through it in like, I think three or four days, um, five days because it was 244 pages. So I burned through it, um, very quickly and you're going to have a couple of different types of books that you run across. And I've read all different types within this genre and essentially what, what it's called and what, what the, the, uh, sports psych professor at, um, at the University of Florida call it is pop psychology. Um, but it's also sports psychology. Okay. Um, but within that pop psychology genre are the, I want to say self-help guru books. And sometimes they're hard to discern. Like I just read, what was the rich instinct? That was the book rich instinct. And so I have this rule that I got from my grandmother and my mom. And that's, if I start a book, I got to finish a book, even if it's shit. And it it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's a nightmare sometimes because sometimes there are books that are absolute garbage and the information in there is overall not worth the paper that it's printed on. But relentless optimism. I find, and I found this even before I read this book, um, 
that there's always going to be some really great nuggets of wisdom in there. There's always going to be a reminder of a rule that, you know, oh yeah, I probably should do that. Um, that was the thing with Rich Instinct. Um, sorry, more coffee. Um, that was the thing with Rich Instinct is I read that book and I was like, this is just a rehashing. This is, there's no original thought in this book. It's just a rehashing of other people's wisdom. And at first that bothered me because I bought the book because I wanted, you know, I wanted the seed of truth, so to speak, that someone was going to give me. Um, but then I realized, you know what? This is really great because this reading this book has been an opportunity for me to reinvest in some of these ideas that these people have reinvest and, and pe by people, I mean, people like, like Socrates, uh, St. Augustine, um, just real Martin Luther King, real heavy hitters in terms of philosophical, um, thought and ideology and just really good good stuff um some of it was a little bit how do i put this a little bit selfish but not selfish in the worst way and i'm a firm believer that you do have to be a little bit selfish when it comes to your mental health because um what do they say put on your mask if the plane loses pressure if the cabin loses pressure place the mask over your face and then the face of your child um so you want to you want to do you you do want to have a little bit uh, of selfishness but it started to step into the area where it was but it only stepped there it didn't stay there but anyways i'm not here to talk about that book i am here to talk about this book um this book was fantabulous i made that word up it's awesome it was fantabulous. This book, um, and ironically, was just what I needed at exactly the right time. So one of the things that it tells you to do, it falls in line with one of my uh, sports psychology ideologies and one of my um, pieces of work directional motivation theory, which deals with, um, emotional awareness, um, emotional awareness in your daily life. And I've watched a couple of videos on optimism and what do they call it? Toxic positivity, which I don't, that, that, that's an oxymoron. It doesn't even make sense. Um, there is no such thing. And you, you can find videos on it on YouTube. You can go and, and search and you'll find videos on toxic positivity. But the one element that's always missing is the one element that's in this book and the one element that I discuss in my research. Um, and that is emotional awareness. So I'm going to give you a story about what's going on with in my life and that will um that will help you. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you basically what 
what the message in this book was. And the message in this book was doing something. It's a little exercise that you need to do. Um, and you have to be careful about the exercise uh, because it, you can overdo it. Um, but it's a little exercise where you, when something substantial happens throughout the day, okay? In, in, in terms of this book, it was being up at bat, okay? So every time the baseball player got up to bat, he had to, uh, afterwards, write down what he was thinking immediately as he got into the dugout, write down what he was thinking, um, and then argue with those thoughts if they were negative, and then come up with a, not a spin, but a positive uh, narrative instead of the negative narrative that you have given to yourself that he gave to himself when he was at bat. So an example of that would be he gets up to bat, um, even if it's a positive event. So let's say he strikes out. He would say, oh, my gosh, just goes to show, you know, maybe I don't have it anymore. Um, well, that's a negative uh, That's a negative thought that's going through his head. You don't have it anymore. You're past your prime. Um, and then the argument, you have to have an argument with that negative thought. The argument would be, whoa, you're in the minor leagues. You're a professional baseball player. If you were past your prime, the large group of people in the front office and in management overall within the organization would have let you go. You'd be gone. So you aren't past your prime. You are not past your prime. So then you put on a positive narrative to it that removes you from the equation of actually having to, um, be solely responsible for that negative event. Hold on. It's going to get interesting. So, well, maybe this pitcher was just really good. This kid's hot. Maybe this kid's on a hot streak. Maybe I, ooh, some emotional awareness and personal responsibility. Maybe I had a couple too many beers last night. Hmm. Maybe. I wasn't pushing and working out as hard as I could have worked out. All of these things, these two things that I just said are manageables. Okay. They're variables, but they're manageables. Meaning, oh, maybe I don't drink uh, before the game next time. We'll see how that goes. It's very instance-based. Um Emotional awareness and this exploring your uh, your negative thoughts become very instance-based and don't stand for a long trend in behavior, so to speak. Um, that is very academic. How do I simplify that? So basically, it's something you can fix. You know what I mean? You can, uh, you, you, there's something that can be done to fix it. So maybe it is your fault. Maybe you did do something wrong. Um, do you see how emotional awareness causes you to look inside yourself? And it's not like you're looking to get off the hook. 
it's just understanding that um everything isn't always as bad as it seems and it's usually within you to fix it um but i'm 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 getting off onto a tangent so uh so yeah it's that three-step process you look at uh you look at 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 what you've done okay during that important event you break down the thoughts that were in your head if those thoughts were negative you create an argument for those thoughts and then the third step is create a positive narrative for it so an alternative positive uh self-talk you know what i mean um doesn't need to be long could be a paragraph could be a sentence could be a couple of words um you know what i mean so uh i'm going through that right now i'm gonna have a sip of coffee hold on I actually think I'm doing a pretty crappy job of explaining this, but I hope you're getting the general gist of the idea. Um, now, my last episode was uh, coming off of Wagovia. I'm off Wagovia, all right? And I got down to 264 pounds. Um, so, um, my intake has increased a little bit. Not a lot. Not a ton. I'm actually really paying attention to it. I'm trying to be hyper vigilant of it. Um, but I'm noticing that there are, before I do that, so I'm coming off it. So I'm a little sensitive, let's say. I'm a little sensitive to uh, to to numbers on a scale. Um, so I've been getting on the scale and I'm noticing that my weight's going up. And I'm like, oh, crap. This is great. I'm a fat shit. I'm a piece of garbage. I'm eating whatever I want. Everything I... No, I'm not eating whatever I want. Everything I eat goes right into fat. Um, doesn't matter if I diet. Doesn't matter if I exercise. These are all the negative thoughts that are going through my head. These are all of the negative daggers that are being jabbed into me by myself. So I'm like thinking to myself, son of a, I'm, I'm, I'm what there's a, hopelessness, hopelessness. That's where I feel I am. So I catch myself because I am being super, super aware of the negative thoughts I've been, I've been, you know, just finished this book. So the concept of negative thoughts and self-talk is like at the forefront. So I'm actually super sensitive to the things that I'm saying to myself. So I catch myself and immediately I'm I'm not thinking of the arguments yet, and this is what you're going to experience if you st if you decide to go down this road and change uh, your negative thinking. I'm noticing my negative. <laughs> I'm noticing my negative thoughts, 
and then having more negative thoughts son of a bitch i'm having negative thoughts i'm such a piece of garbage i can't believe i would have all these negative thoughts why can't i fix it <laughs> it's just this oh my god cycle loop that just won't end i catch that i caught that almost immediately but i but i thought it was funny that i'm having negative thoughts i'm keenly aware of my capacity for negative thoughts and then i catch myself having negative thoughts and have negative thoughts about my negative thoughts so anyways i quickly decide to go into argument mode and wouldn't you know it i have a ton of arguments and they're all some of them are not valid well some of them are valid but only valid for things I shouldn't be doing. Hold on. So I have a unique condition. It might not be unique, but I I know it's unique. Uh, be, I, I consider it unique because I see other people and I don't see them suffer with this. Um, man, I am going to be relentlessly honest uh on this podcast um i'll have a couple of beers four is i drink guinness four is my limit for no perceived perceived noticeable physiological effects so if i drink four beers I'm usually wake up the next day, no problem, no significant weight gain, no appetite change, um, nothing. I can usually just slip right in, you know, I, if I do that once a week or once every two weeks, not a big deal. If I go to six, I bloat almost immediately when I wake up. I weigh about two to three pounds more. Um, and, and my cravings for shitty foods out of nowhere. I'm eating garbage, high fat, um, like a lot of carbs. There's nothing wrong with carbs. You need carbs in order to refill your um your liver glycogen your muscle glycogen um to bring your blood sugar back into balance so that you have enough available energy um for exercise or throughout the day for your resting metabolism all of it you need carbohydrates but i ate an entire bowl of mashed potatoes um probably about three cups of mashed potatoes just shoveled it in and it it wasn't enough um and that's what happens when i drink six beers um so i stepped on the scale automatically started having super negative thoughts um which led to negative thoughts about having negative thoughts and then immediately was able to come to a conclusion that this wasn't the end of the world this is me responding to a behavior I shouldn't have engaged in in the first place. I should have stopped at my limit 
but there was just that one Anuel Doblea song, I love reggaeton, um, that I just had to hear, and I was feeling kind of good after four, and I was like, what's a couple more beers? I'm partying. So I was able to take that and recognize my negative behavior and turn that negative behavior like that dietary behavior. And I'm not saying dietary behavior. I wasn't moralizing it. I was taking a look at it and saying, this is an adverse reaction uh, to acts as an inflammatory poison to my body to X to more than my limit. So I did this to myself. You can't beat yourself up for some weight gain. You could beat yourself up for your dietary choice, but you can't beat yourself up for your weight gain. It's just going to be a net result of what happened. Now, if I, if this was happening without any external, you know, thing happening, then I would have to, again, Hey, this is not something, this is not a big deal. My argument would be, Hey, let's look at the diet. Let's look at, let's look at the fact that my volume, the amount of weight that I'm lifting has massively increased, which most likely means that I have a lot more muscle on my frame um, and that my metabolic needs to keep up with that muscle are higher. Um, so I am going to probably have about two to three more pounds of not only muscle, but food and water just to sustain that muscle. Overall, I'm a lot thinner. I'm thinner in my face. I'm thinner in my body. And two to three pounds is a normal room for error. Um, you see how I'm bringing all these things in to not just beat the shit out of myself with negative thoughts. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, and the great thing about this book is that it gave me another tool that I already pretty much had. Um, but had I not read this book, I don't know that the tools that I had would have been enough tools to overcome the negative thoughts that I was having being in this, I'll say it, um, emotionally vulnerable state after coming off with COVID. There's a lot of emotion tied to my weight loss. There's a lot of emotion tied to how my body looks. Um, and I just have to admit that whether that's healthy or not, it's, it, it is, and there's, there's nothing I can do about it except try to work to find a balance. And that's what I'm doing by being on here and talking to you guys about this. Um, I hope this has helped. I hope this is, um, I hope this is let you know that being optimistic is not toxic if you have emotional awareness tied into it and are reasonably accountable for your own actions and your own emotions. Um, I think a lot of people get into what they call toxic positivity. I don't, I, again, I don't agree that that's the thing. You can't have toxic positivity. It just doesn't exist. Positivity is positivity, but you can have positivity without self-realization, um, 
self-actualization, which means you're doing the things that you need to do, you know, on your own, you're, you're, you're engaging in behavior because of self-realization and emotional awareness and emotional awareness is a big thing too. Like I just said, you know, I'm in a emotionally vulnerable state. Um, I had fear to tell you guys that, but it's an important message because there are those of you out there who also have fear. Um, and you need to know that it's okay to have that fear. Uh, fear keeps you alive. Um, it's just important to push through that fear. Um, and Hey, pushing through that fear and being honest might not be painless. Most often will not be painless. Uh, and there might be someone on the other side who goes, <laughs> you're emotionally vulnerable. Like my spouse, my wife, who's awesome. But uh, we tease each other a lot. So. <laughs> um, don't worry. I get her when she's emotionally vulnerable as well, which probably as I say it out loud, isn't the nicest thing in the world. Um, but it's all in good fun. Both of us. Um, I love her so much. She's a rock star. She's my hero. Um, but optimism is something that everyone should strive to keep in their lives because there's a couple of things that are said in this. And remember how I said, at the beginning, I'm going to have another sip of coffee and then I want to touch on this mm. because I think it's important. So remember how I said there, there's, there's this sort of rainbow of, of self-help and pop psychology books on the market. One of the biggest ones is, uh, the secret. And remember how I said from that book, Rich Instinct, yeah, it didn't give it me anything, you know, monumental thought-wise, um, but it did reinforce some concepts that I had already known, um, but brought, brought concepts I had already known to the surface so that I could really use them in my daily life. So the secret and this universal whatever that they purport is is in the book, The Secret. Um, one of the things that it says is if you live this positive life, then positivity will, will come to you. Um, it doesn't come to you because of The Secret. All right? That's, that's one of those pop psychology self-help books that I'm saying is I'm being mean. I don't want to get in anyone, you know, hurt anyone's feelings, but it's kind of BS. But the reason it resonates is because there's a truth in that concept that does exist in optimism and does exist in normal psychology we want, hold on, I got to find it. It's on page 200. Yes. And I'm going to get my reading glasses because this part was super important. And it it's funny 
because I kind of feel like the uh, the secret ripped it right from there. Um, so a pessimist sucks the energy out of the room. Nobody wants to put up with somebody who's bitter and cynical all the time. Not your friends, not your teammates, not your boss, and certainly not your spouse. And the big takeaway is you don't just owe it to yourself to be an optimist. You owe it to everyone around you. And I thought about that. And I thought about how being positive makes other people want to be around you. Makes other people want to engage with you. Makes other people want to help you. Because if you're feeling good, other people want to feel good. Now, I know that there are a lot of people who also have the exact opposite reaction. And if you're feeling good, if they're feeling bad, they want you to know how bad they feel. And under no circumstances can you have a good time around them because that's just not understanding of how bad their life is. You're going to run into that. But you're also going to run into a lot of people that you wouldn't have ran across. Some really great people who will have some great opportunities for you. Who you can enjoy being happy with. And will want to continue to be happy. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you. Um, Check out the book, Relentless Optimism. Um, the author is Darren Donnelly. He's actually got a series. He is a, uh, he is a sports psychology guy. He's written a, a, a couple of other books. Um, this is part of a series. Um, and it was a pleasant surprise. I expected it to be a book on sports psychology, but it's a story, um, with sports psychology in it. And, uh, it, it was tremendous. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Um, over the course of the next couple of months as I, as I digest more books, uh, and I'm going to bring the best ones onto the show and let you know about them. Um, all right. Uh, don't forget this podcast is brought to you by Sandland Fitness. So head on over to www.sandlfit, that's S and L fit.com. If you want to start your um, military fitness journey, if you want to go into the military or you were in the military and want to get back into shape, um, I've got a bunch of great programs uh, that are coming soon in a members area that's going to be on the site. I've got a person I went to college with, Rachel Viegas. What's up, Viegas? Um, She is going, she's a videographer, uh, an amazingly talented woman. She's going to be recording our videos uh, and the instructional videos we do. So um, be on the lookout for that. I'll keep you guys updated. And that's all I got for you. Take it easy. Later.